everybody. Welcome back to the Hockey Dudes. It's been uh, it's been a little busy month here that I've been getting into. It's been hectic with Buckeye football. I'm sorry I haven't been able to uh, pump out the Epis like usual. Yeah, like I said, just been busy with Ohio State football. I'm doing some stuff uh, at work where I'm having to work on game days and uh, just other stuff, man. Just been busy with life in general. Fall's been crazy. I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Tom's been uh, heavily absent. Um, the guy's been busy himself. He worked like 46, 50 hours last week. And on top of that, he's starting to get his uh, all of his hockey gear situated. And I, I got to hit the ice with him for the first time. So Tom's becoming like an actual hockey player now. It's been uh, it's been pretty exciting, boys, to get a to get him going and you know it's just been it's just been freaking busy man i don't know what else to say so i apologize on that front but happy to be going back here with the holidays rolling up and you know hockey season really getting gritty it's been fun the last few games for blue jackets fans which is what we like to cover here a whole lot of at the hockey dudes uh yeah man it's been a fun last few games the jackets are they're playing really well right now uh four straight home wins they got players that are on point streaks, and uh, specifically Zach Rowenski, who's on a seven-game point streak now. Man, they're really starting to get going. It looks like their power play climbed all the way up to 12th in the league going into last night. So things are starting to click together. They're not winning super pretty games, but they're winning games. And like this is just a, a Blue Jackets team where you, you look at the slogan of the team, which is, out of our blue we rise. It's more like out of our blue, we stay right where we're at, which is a good hockey team. And I like I like to see that. I like to see, I think one of the important things when it comes to building a club and sustaining a, a, a winning culture at a club is exactly that. You build the club to a winning club and then you sustain that winning mentality so that when people, when players come in, new players come in and put on the Blue Jacket sweater, they can look down at that waving Ohio Signet C and just say, this is a winning hockey team. This team is supposed to go out there and win. And, you know, the Blue Jackets, I feel like that's a little bit easier to do when you have teams like the Montreal Canadiens, the Detroit Red Wings, you know, the original six teams, the Philadelphia Flyers, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, no, no those guys aren't uh, original six teams, but teams with rich histories and who have had an established winning culture in the past, those are the teams where it's it's a little bit easier to, to build that culture of winning because it's already there. And, and those team names and those logos, when you go against them, they're already feared. The Blue Jackets are just a team that John Tortorello and Yarmo Kekalainen, this duo, has built to this point trying to sustain a winning culture which they've built the last three years and making the postseason and I would say you make the postseason you have a winning record that's a winning culture that's a winning hockey team that's a team that wins more than it loses and you know that's what the fans here in Columbus want to see that's ultimately what every hockey the team that every hockey player wants to play on they want to play on a winning team and that's the first step when it goes on to winning the ultimate goal, which is the Stanley Cup. And the Jackets have that. They ha- they have a team that wins more than it loses. Now, that being said, the Jackets lost some vital pieces that helped them kind of get to that next level. And we talk about it all the time. But this is the storyline that goes on with this team. 
The Jackets played very bad for about an eight-game stretch. It seemed like all hell was breaking loose with the Coats, and things were really starting to, to slow down, and reality was starting to catch up to us. And it was getting it was getting a little dicey there, and it wasn't until, really, you got a win against the Coyotes on the road to start the, the road trip where you were able to break. I mean, they had a one, two, three, four, five-game losing streak. I mean, that was that was some dicey stuff right there. And then, bef- you know, three games before that, you lost two overtime games in a row where you blew leads. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you think about as a Coats fan. You're like, okay, so we've we've lost five of the last – no, I'm sorry. We've As a Coats fan at the time, you had lost seven of the last 11 games – Math is hard. Seven of the last ten games. And it just wasn't looking good. It just wasn't looking good. And it looked like it's early in the season. This is not usually the time where this hockey team plays bad. Usually that comes in late January into February where this team really starts to slow down. And that's kind of what I was expecting, to be honest. I expected this team to get to January, to get to February, and to slow down. I didn't expect to see them cold that early on and five losses in a row. I mean, man, they say it all the time when they when they talk about hockey. You can't win yourself a playoff spot in November, but you can certainly lose yourself a playoff spot. And the Jackets were close to doing that. And they've really buried themselves in the Metropolitan Division and in the Eastern Conference standings, man. I mean, they really got tucked hard underneath there. And, you know, they needed some wins. They needed some wins. They got a big one against the Yotes on the road. That was the one that kind of, you finally, you it seemed like every night in, night out, you, you were just lucky to get a goal. And we know that getting one goal is not going to win you games. You go out to, to Arizona and you win 3-2. to two. And that was a huge win for the Coats because it, it kind of got us established again. You lost a tough one to the Avalanche. And, you know, you just try to remember the things that you did in the prior game that got you the win. You go out and you lose in a shootout against against the Canadians. That's just tough. I mean, what are you going to do? It's a shootout. You blew that game, too. You lost that game in the final minute, really. You play the Blues at overtime. Here, you go toe-to-toe with them, a team that you lost in overtime You know, just a couple weeks prior. You lost at their building. Hockey fights cancer night. They come here. Boom, bang, bang. We freaking get a win. 3-2 in overtime. And then... Then that's when the coach started going. And I think that was huge. I think that win was really big because we had just played so bad at home. I mean, that was November 15th when we beat the Blues. We hadn't had a win at home prior to that. And it was it was almost a month. It was a little it was a it was a little less than a month. I mean, since the Coats had gotten a win at home. And then they went out there and did it against the Blues. And I think that got their confidence snapping because they beat the Canadians the next night 5-2. to two. Boom, you get five goals. It's like, I mean, other teams just go out there and they just rip off five goals. Like the Boston Bruins can go out there. They, they had eight goals on the Canadians tonight. You know, we go out there and we get five. That's a good thing. That's, a, that, that's on par with the way that the good teams score in the NHL nowadays. So that was good to see. And then the next the next game you play is Thursday night. Red Wings come into town. Uh, Red Wings, even though they're bad, they, they bring a lot of fans into the Schwide. And so you, you never know. The crowd hasn't been, the fifth line hasn't been exactly backing the Blue Jackets as strongly this year. You always worry about how that's going to affect the psyche of the team. But the Jackets were able to just go out there, relax, and play. And, I mean, 
The Red Wings made it tight. Credit them. They had some gritty goals from some of their top players, but Corpy made some big saves in that game. He had a huge save on Anthony Mantha on a breakaway that that Anthony Mantha probably scores on against if he's against most other goalies in the league just because that's how good Anthony Mantha has been this year. But the Jackets are able to close that one out, and boom, all of a sudden, it seemed like for a stretch there, you had, like, two goals in, like, four games over that losing streak, and it was just brutal, man. And then next thing you know, it flips around, and you get ten goals in two games. And granted, it's not always going to work like that. You're going to go on losing streaks, and it's not just going to snap, and you're going to be able to, to get that puck luck going again and win like like games like that. But when you do, you have to ride it. You have to ride the high, and the Jackets have taken that confidence, and they lost a tough one to the Jets, but Merz Lincolns was starting. And I, I know, I know, I know. Merz Lincolns is the same age as Corpy. Both are 25 years old. You expect him to come in. All this talk, all this possible talk about him being the next starter, and he hasn't gotten a win yet for the Jackets. Now it's time to set up. Okay, all right. I, I understand the people that are in the camp of starting to lose patience with Elvis and, you know, some comments he made about being sent down to the AHL where he's like, I came here to play in the NHL, not to play in Cleveland. Buddy, listen, you want to play in the NHL? You got to go play some games in Cleveland first. I mean, the last thing I'd be complaining about if I was a player in his position is reps. I mean, that's that's not them sending you saying like, hey, buddy, we want you to be a Cleveland monster. That's them saying, hey, buddy, we want you to be a blue jacket, but you got to get some reps first, man. I mean, you're literally playing a different game than what you played over there. It is the, the, the elements of the game are completely, not completely different, but they are just different. Like, you need to get yourself established, get your confidence really hard cemented into the foundation of the player that you are in this country, in this, in this game, in this version of hockey before we really start to see you grow because you have skill, you have the work ethic, you have the size, you have all the uh, components you need to be a really good player in this league. You just really need to be able to put those things together and just mold them so that you can go on and be the player that you are expected to be for this club. So Elvis, I mean, I, I, you watching back on the Winnipeg game, I think if Corby plays that night, I think we get the win. I just, I I don't know. You can go back and watch the game and be the, you can make that decision yourself. But I just think, I think it's quite obvious, actually. I mean, Elvis, he gave up some soft ones. Um, in fact, I really think there was only two that he gave up where I'm like, okay, I think Corpy would have maybe let that buy him. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess if there's one thing for the Jackets, there's no such thing as a moral victory. But just thinking from a player's perspective, you played good enough to to win the game. So you should carry that. You should be like, okay, we still played good. We lost 4-3, to three, but we had three goals, and our goaltender had an off night. But otherwise, we were there on the road against a Winnipeg team who's played good this year and has themselves sitting in a playoff position in a very tough Central Division. So, th- like, I don't know. That's just the way that I would be thinking about it as a fan, and I think that's the way a lot of fans think of it. So, like... Again, there's no real victories in losses, but there are moral victories. And I think we all know the difference between the two separate things. And the Jackets come home, and last night they play the Senators. And, man, uh, 
a lot of weird things about that game. First of all, it was just a very defensive game. I think scoring chances were few and far between. They were certainly there, as they are in every game. And I think Ottawa, despite being a team that was predicted to be, again, worse than the standings like they were last year, I think they finished last in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I think they were a team that was expected to be pretty much the same this year. But they came, they've came out and they fought pretty hard. To at going in the last night, they were sitting higher in the in the Eastern Conference standings than the Blue Jackets, and they were on a little bit of a run here in the last ten games, where they had won more than they had lost. In fact, they're seven and three in their last ten games, so they've played really well. And I think a lot of that, and I think a lot of the players and Torts in his post game con- press conference said like Ottawa was a Ottawa was a physical team, and their team with a lot of young guys. And they're a team that, you know, is prior. They just simply look like they just tried hard. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, they went out there, they made hustle plays, and they weren't they weren't a pushover for the Jackets. Like, that one nothing victory was well-earned. You got a very greasy goal, a very, a very greasy goal, I'd like to say. Uh, and, of course, it's Zach Rowetsky who gets the assist on it. He just shoots it towards the net and... Um, Bjorkstrand gets his stick on it and goes in, you know, a redirection goal to win one nothing in the third period. Uh, Corpy gets a shutout. Corpy says after the game, you know, the most important thing was that his team got the shutout. He played well. I mean, he had that uh, four-on-one where he stopped Shabbat. I mean, just gloved him. Shabbat was midway down the circle when he ripped a shot. It goes right in the – Corpy just makes it look easy. Um, but nonetheless, man, that's a four-on-one. I think some other things stuck out to me in the game. Uh, I think Seth Jones, man, this is a player that like, we have good players leave this organization and you just miss watching them play. And it's almost like, dude, I didn't even get to see it. It's almost like, it almost feels like watching a, a player that I follow really heavily still is Artemi Panarin. I bring his name up almost every podcast, but just when I watch him play for the Rangers, I'm just like, this guy was so good. Like, like the way that he gets passes off, like I just, I, I just really appreciate the way that he plays, and I'm like, man, it's almost like I don't even remember him playing for the Jackets. Like it's almost like I just don't even remember it. Like, I, it just feels like I didn't appreciate it. Seth Jones is a player that you just need to watch. I mean, obviously we know what he can do offensively with the way that he moves the puck, and just watch the way he plays on defense. Watch the way that he plays when he's on the ice when the other team has it in the zone. Because I swear, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's a guy that's been really hot for Ottawa, playing on their second line, um, he's an Ottawa native. He's a younger guy. I think he's like, I don't know, not a younger guy. I mean, not, not younger by NHL standards, but he's in his 20s, right, late 20s. Um, and he's just a guy that's really came to life here for uh, for Ottawa. Oh, I'm just remembering that. Corpy had Corpy had another big time save in the third period after we were up one nothing on Logan Brown. I mean Logan Brown I, I just for some reason I totally forgot about this play. It was delayed penalty because Zach Rowensky is getting uh booked up for interference and Logan Brown gets a gets a breakout pass in the neutral zone and has Corpy one on one on one and Corpy makes just an absolutely huge stop. I mean this is late in the game here. This is I mean, yeah, this is 10 minutes left to go in the third period. And a chance to tie it up and a chance for Ottawa to get some momentum right after we got our goal. Man, dude, Corpy, 
He's been solid this year. And I think this just goes to show for the people that were really worried about the goaltender position going into the year, you just haven't really been paying attention, not only to this team, but you just haven't been paying attention to hockey. Because Corby had a good year last year. Like, he played a lot of games. I think his record was like 17-9 and for us. Like, he played in a lot of games and played pretty solid. And he's been with us for a while. Corby's a great great goalie. Like, he's really locked it down. He's really owned the position he's in. And I, I just don't think that he was the worry going into this year. And I think he, in a game like last night, man, against an Ottawa team that's been on fire, he proved it. But... Uh, I interrupted that point talking about uh, Corpy's uh, breakaway save to talk about how John Gabriel Pajot, who's the leading point scorer for Ottawa. Remember, Ottawa's been on a little bit of a streak here. Uh, he's got 19 points in 24 games. This man's playing on arguably, like, even though they've been on a streak, they're still arguably one of the, quote-unquote, one of the worst teams in the league. His plus-minus is plus 17. So, John Gabriel Pajot does a lot for the Senators and he's just a he's just a stud this year. Like he's having a stud year. He's got a big contract year coming up, and he's gonna make a lot of money. I don't know where he's gonna go. It's gonna be interesting to see if for Ottawa whether he stays there or whether he goes. Uh, that's a situation. I'm glad that my team is in not right now. In right now, not not in right now. Thinking about star players, uh, but Seth Jones just locks this guy down. John Gabriel Pajot has the puck. One-on-one with Seth Jones in our zone while our lines are changing and the Senators' lines are changing. And, it and I mean, dude, Seth Jones is dumbing the guy. Like, John Gabriel Pajot didn't even have his chance. And this is a guy. John, JGP is a guy that everybody on the NHL Network, they're all talking about. They're all hooping and hollering because this guy is on this breakout season and all that. But Seth Jones is dummies him, man. And, like... I just think moments like that is where you need to watch the way Seth Jones play and just take in the defensive game that he plays. Because obviously we know that Seth Jones is very good offensively. He's not having a huge year, but he's still got double-digit points, right, for the Coats. He's still, I mean, I think he has one goal and like 11 assists or something like that. He's still a great offensive defenseman, and then he gets high praises for that, but He's made his name from just being a good defenseman. And being a good defenseman is being good at defense. And he is good at that. And I just think we need to we need to take that for granted more, man. I mean, it's like uh, I've been watching a lot of football lately and just having a really good defensive back on your team. Like, I'm a Lions fan. Uh, save your booze for later. Save your I'm um, sorry's for later. Uh, don't be big game against the Bears. Pause down trying to ruin their season. We'll, we'll do our best. Jeff Drizzy. Uh, taking over for Stafford. We'll see how it goes. But nonetheless, Darius Slay, big play Slay. Every time they throw the ball his way, just watching that man play defense and possibly get an interception and just be able to shut down some of the best receivers in the league is awesome to watch. It, it, give, it gives you, a, as a defensive guy, I play DB. I play in a rocking chair when I play in adult league hockey. That's the stuff I love to see. I love to see a, a team try to do something sweet and then we just shut them down, like, out of a good effort, not because we were lucky. And Seth Jones is that kind of guy that you need to watch. He's, he's, he's Corpy's goalie. If Corpy's the net, Seth Jones is his goalie. And the net is Corpy's, Seth, is Corpy's Corpy to Seth Jones. 
So before the puck can get to the net, it has to get to Corpy. But before it gets to Corpy, it has to go through Seth Jones. Seth Jones is a goalie, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, that man can literally save us games based off the way he plays defensively. And that's just something that I really appreciate. Uh, but nonetheless, Coats get a big win. Dude, they got a tough stretch coming up. I mean, this is where like we're still kind of like suffering from the fact that the Jackets lost five games in a row and really buried themselves in the standings. I mean, you're still, what, seventh in the Metropolitan Division? Uh, you need to be top three, or you need to at least get to the wild card two spot if you want to make the postseason. And the wild card two spot right now is being held by the Philadelphia Flyers, who have 29 points. Jackets have 24 points. And so the Jackets are five points down away from the Philadelphia Flyers. The Jackets don't get a win tomorrow. They're going to be seven points down to the Philadelphia Flyers, or six points. And that's just something that, man, you really don't want to see from these guys. I mean, you really, it, it's, it's a really big game for their confidence. And I, I think that they know that. I'm hoping that they know that. The Flyers are coming into our building, ride this four-game streak. You got to go out there. I mean, it's the Flyers, man. I mean, I don't know what else more you need to get hyped. The last time you played these guys, you were up 4-2 to two in their barn, and you ended up losing, like, what, 7-4, to 7-5? You gave up, like, five unanswered goals in the third period. It was the, uh, probably the ugliest hockey game we've watched all year. So... Hopefully that's sticking in the back of their heads a little bit. Hopefully that sting of losing that game and letting that one go is kind of ringing in the jackets' head a little bit and that and motivating them to want to go out there and just absolutely dummy these flyers, man. I mean, uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't know what else you would need for me to hype up this game, but it's just a really big game for the Coats. And then Friday, man. I mean, you get to eat you get to eat uh, turkey on Thanksgiving Thursday, and then. You may maybe go a little shopping on Thursday night slash early Friday morning, but then boom, Friday night you got the Pittsburgh Penguins coming into our building, man, dude. That's freaking sweet. Uh, you get another chance to re- to redeem the loss that you had in the second game of the season where you got dummied seven to two. I mean, don't go to Pennsylvania to play hockey. The Blue Jackets are bad in Pennsylvania, but I'd like to see how the Blue Jackets play against Pennsylvania when Pennsylvania comes to us. Because this is our territory. This is Coates land. This is our blue. We rise out of it. No, we stay in it. We don't rise out of our blue. We we stay in our blue because staying in our blue is actually a good thing. Because we're a winning team. Remember that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying words trying to fill time. But and then on I think it's on Saturday the Jackets then play the Islanders. I think they're they're going out to Long Island. So. Man, three tough games against teams that are in playoff positions. Man, three metropolitan games here that are gonna be, they're gonna be, they're gonna take some grit to win. And um, then it comes back, boom, Tuesday you got the Yotes, and then next week on Thursday the Breadman he's coming back. <laughs> Let's go, our Demi Panarin's coming back. Um, he's going to get booed. Oh my God. People are going to boo the shit out of him. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of sad. Um, God, he was so good while he was here. Oh man, I miss that guy so much. I just traded for him in fantasy, which I will transition to, by the way, for those who play fantasy hockey, I traded Austin Matthews, 
um, away from my team for Artemi Panarin. And I'm not going to lie, I, I, a lot of you guys voted. I left a vote up. I think it was like 60% thought that the Jordan who received Austin Matthews won that trade versus the 40% who thought that I won by receiving Artemi Panarin and winning that trade. Uh, dude, I listen, I just like to play fantasy hockey. I'm just doing it for fun, but I'm going to be honest. I I don't think I lost that trade. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I won that trade, but I definitely didn't lose it because Artemi Panarin is a guy who just is so good at moving the puck that he's going to get points he, he, his cold streaks are not going to last as long as somebody like that is a pure goal scorer. For example, Cam. Um, Cam Atkinson is a pure goal scorer. He's a guy that uh, gets most of his points because he's a good shooter. Uh, he finds the pucks, he gets rebounds, and he puts them in. The truth is, is those plays are sometimes harder to make because because you are sometimes in your own head you sometimes aren't getting your shots off. You're thinking about it like those play, like those pure goal scorers can tend to go in a funk more than the guys that are just known as big time point getters and can just move the puck. Because listen, you don't have to be. It's really hard to kind of be in a passing the puck funk. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a scoring funk, you can just pass it, and you can hopefully that give it to other guys on the team that aren't in a scoring funk that can score for you. If you're in a scoring funk and you don't have the ability to pass, then you're just not going to get points because you're not scoring, and you're also not passing because you're not a pass-first guy. Artemi is a pass-first guy, and I'm not saying that Austin Matthews isn't a good passer, but I just think Austin Matthews just kind of has this... uh, shoot first guy like he's more of a sharpshooter he's on the cover of the new nhl game because he's american and because he plays for the toronto maple leafs and because he's a pure goal scorer like he gets really pretty goals so i don't know just something to think about i think i i won this trade i think so far artemi panarin is is setting up to have a really freaking good year i mean he averages 3.7 fantasy points a night so like no complaints on the production there. I think Austin Matthews is averaging about 3.5 a night right now. So obviously very close so far. Neck and neck can't really tell. But the thing I lean my back on is Austin Matthews is a guy that's been playing with his team for the last three to four years. Artemi's been playing with his team for one month. And he's getting this kind of production. And I think we know Artemi is the kind of guy that likes to heat up like he starts heating up like later in the year. Like he always did it with the Colts. He always started to heat up later in the year. So, uh, I mean, he's sitting what tenth in the all-time points for the season this year. Like not all-time all-time points for the season. He's got thirty already, and he's playing on a team that is has been missing Mika Zibanejad, who's one of their best goal scorers. They get him back pretty soon. So, fantasy owners who have who haven't dropped Mika's advantage ad, start throwing him in your lineup because he's going to be getting back and into it. Um, so, yeah, this is my first year playing fantasy hockey, and I got to be honest, it's freaking, like, I'm having a ton of fun with it. I'm having a blast. 
Uh, I think the hardest thing about when you start to do fantasy hockey, baseball, basketball, is having to kind of like do a daily check of your lineups. And, you know, and that can be that can be kind of hard for somebody that isn't like a big time hockey fan. But for me, I just am a hockey fan. So I am checking, you know, NHL.com every day. And like I, you know, a big reason why I haven't been tweeting out as much on the hockey dudes is because I deleted Twitter. My screen time was really high. So I deleted Twitter. And, you know, when I don't have Twitter on my phone to play around on, I just have the Fantasy Hockey app. So I've just been getting on ESPN, the Fantasy Hockey app, and I've just been, you know, moving lineups around. And I've had a good start to the year so far. I'm seven and, I'm, or excuse me, I'm six and two. Um, my team's won like five games in a row. And I'm really liking the way that, what I like about the Fantasy Hockey thing is you have, it seems like, you know, in, in other fantasy sports, like in football, there's a lot of things you can't control. Like, you just can't control how well your players play. And obviously, in fantasy hockey, you can't control, you know, how your players play. But the thing that you can control are your lineups. And you can shake, you can adjust your lineups on a day-to-day basis. You can add things, take things away from your lineup that make you a really strong fantasy hockey player. Now, the way that we play fantasy hockey this year is the games, the matchup that you have with the person in your league starts on Monday, right? And it goes till the end of the week, which in the hockey calendar would, I guess, be Sunday. So you play Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, seven nights of the week uh, is one game, basically, against your opponent. And then Monday night, boom, switches over to the next opponent. So, uh, and then throughout the week, you get seven matchup acquisitions. So you can go on the waiver wire and you can pick up a guy to add into your lineup seven times throughout the week. Um, And the reason why that's important is because on a night-to-night basis, not every team plays. Uh, It's like there's a few, there's like two nights a week where uh, almost every team plays and your lineup is full with every single spot that is available is full and you sometimes have to make the decision to play this guy over this guy that only happens two nights a week saturday night every week boom guaranteed uh and then it's like friday night and like tuesday night are the other nights where the where it's like pretty packed um but you have to get on the waiver wire daily and you have to see what guys are available on a night like tonight when there's only three hockey games there's literally there literally were only three hockey games tonight, and I'm in a kind of a close battle, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna use a matchup acquisition tonight. I'm gonna go on the waiver wire, and I'm gonna try to pick a guy up. And I know that when you pick a guy up, you have to drop a guy. But here's the thing: you don't want to just hold on to to players. You want to have you want to hold on to your core group of players, uh, about uh, about ten to eleven players on your roster that you just are holding on to are solid scores for you but then you want to have that like five to six player rotation that you're just cycling guys in and out off of the waiver wire bringing them into your lineup on a night where you don't have a lot of guys playing like tonight i added i just looked at the waiver wire and i had some options as to who i can add but i decided to add brandon sod from chicago because i was like listen he's a top six forward over there in chicago 
this guy, there's a good chance that he gets me some a, a goal, an assist tonight or something. And he gets me a goal. He gets me three huge points and a tight matchup that I'm in. Uh, you know, so those are the kind of things you want to think about on a day. That's, you know, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing on the fantasy hockey app. I'm looking at the waiver wire, trying to see who I can add on my team to make them better that day. And that's why you keep that five to six player rotation because you just dump players off. Then you got to just dump and change. You got to dump and change those five or six guys. It's just like pulling guys up and putting them back down in the Myers. You just put, you pull them up, send them back down. You know, and sometimes you can catch players on a hot streak. Like, I had Anthony Duclair last week, and Anthony Duclair, he, he really tore it up for Ottawa, you know, and then the second that he had a bad game, I just kind of just dumped him, you know, he got me, he got me the points I needed throughout the week to win, and then I just got rid of him because I was like, well, hockey's a streaky sport, this guy's probably going to go cold, and then, boom, he kind of went a little bit cold, so, um, you know, those are just the things you're going to do. Again, you get seven matchup acquisitions throughout the week, depending on how your league is set up. You want to be adding those guys and dropping them in your roster on a weekly basis. You also want to mostly be picking up forwards. You don't want to be picking up D-men. D-men just, I mean, granted, there's some good names out there defensively, but all of their average points are going to be a lot less than the forwards. There are more higher quality forwards with better chances of scoring on a night-to-night basis than a D-man, a D-man, I should say, and um, or D-dude, or D-guy, or D-dudette. I don't know how everybody identifies today. I'm sorry. Uh, or I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, and, like, you know, one thing I really like about fantasy hockey is it gives me a reason to stay up late at night and watch the Edmonton Oilers, on, like, in the background of my of whatever I'm doing at 10.30 at night. You know, I can throw the Edmonton Oilers games off of Reddit streams right on my laptop and watch the way Connor McDavid plays. And that's that's the real reason why I'm 6-2 and two, is I got freaking 97 for Edmonton playing for me. I mean, dude is just having a monster year. What is he at? Is he at 48, 44 or something points this year through like 20-plus games? I mean, the dude is sick. 47 points. Not to mention Leon Dreisaitl, too. I mean, I think Tommy picked up Leon Dreisaitl in our league. He picked him up in the second or third round. Dude, absolute steal. I mean, the guy's producing, like, almost dead equally the same amount as Connor McDavid. Actually, a little bit more. Leon Dreisaitl has 48 points, and uh, Connor McDavid has 47. So, you know, that was another thing, too, at the beginning of the year before the season started, just doing the draft. Uh, you know, just picking guys up, you know, that was really fun. I've really, I've had a good time with fantasy hockey. And even if you don't draft the best team and your team is cold, like I said, you can still do things that on a day-to-day basis makes you a good fantasy hockey owner, makes you a good fantasy hockey manager. And those are just kind of the things that you need to think about. All right. Um, it's been good. It's been fun. And, uh, the holidays are coming up. Black Friday's coming up. The CBJ Artillery and Lamp Apparel worked really hard to make a Gold Coats t-shirt. As you can see, it is a very intricate design. It has a, it's, it's a blue t-shirt with white letters. Um, I don't know what the font is. I can tell you the font is not Comic Sans like I requested. It is a different font. It actually looks a lot better than Comic Sans. So again, credit Lamp Apparel for making a very very difficult and just a I'm I'm getting a little choked up here 
just a be- just a beautiful tee, just an absolute beautiful tee. It is the Go Coats t-shirt. Go get it at shop.artillery.com. Uh, I I'm not quite sure that that's actually what it is, but uh, it's something to do with shopartillery.com. Wherever you buy the freaking artillery gear, go go back to where you buy the artillery gear and find the shirt that just says Go Coats on it and buy it for a family friend or a loved one or just buy it for me because i actually don't have one so uh go coats our shirt is out there you love to see it um it's the coats year and i do believe that i mean quincy my little brother 11 year old little brother still living in my parents house shout out moving out in august don't worry guys nine more months i can do this shout out to me for being a grinder um what was I saying? Sorry, I'm I'm watching for some reason, for some odd reason, the like 2019 All-Star game is being replayed on my YouTube right now. So I don't really know what's going on. I do know that those All-Star jerseys, while basic, are still really cool. Uh just like the simple black and white and also made out of like ocean pollution. It's pretty cool, you know, save the turtles. Um yeah, what was I? What was I? Oh, Quincy. Quincy said the Jackets are going to go on a 30-game winning streak. So, boom. Tell your dog. 